Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Gegenpod is back for season 2020-21. Can Liverpool defend their crown? How will Leeds go back in the top flight? Who is already under pressure? And will there be a surprise contender? We tackle all the big talking points heading into round one this weekend. Yes, welcome to season three of the Gag and Pod. We're back again. When did season two end? I'm not exactly sure, but here we are to preview the Premier League campaign of 2020-2021. David Wiener with you once again. Delighted to be back with you for another season. I'm back in the Optus Sports studio today, and I'm joined by my old podcast sparring partner, Michael Bridges. Fist pump, welcome back. Here we go again. Great to see you, Dave Wiener. Good to be back. And, uh, you know... I've actually missed you, mate. <laughs> Not many Come people would say, say that, that about you, but I've me. missed you. It is great to be back. It's great to just be talking Premier League again. It only has been a month, but so much to look forward to. So much has happened. What are you most looking forward to getting back into the swing of things? Oh, Dave, there is so much. I'm so looking forward to seeing Leeds United back in the Premier League. 16 years absence. And the other thing I'm looking forward to is your team, mm. Chelsea, and all the signings that they, they have made. It looks so mouthwatering for you fans. How is Frankie Lampard going to manage these big egos along with the youngsters he gave a chance to next, oh, sorry, last season? I'm, I don't know what to expect, but it's very, very interesting to watch them. Making a mistake. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on. And normally we say, how has everyone been spending their off-season and whatnot? Well, there hasn't been one. There's been Champions League action, and I'm delighted to say that uh, we have on the line today joining us John Aloisi to also preview the season. How are you, John? I'm great. I would rather be down there in Sydney with you, but the next best thing is online and uh, at least you can hear my thoughts and we can talk about the Premier League, which is going to be an amazing season. Probably the best that we're going to have for a long, long time. Yeah, off, off the top, what are you most excited about it rolling around again? Well, like Bridgie said, seeing Leeds under Bielsa in the Premier League, uh, finally back after 16 years, but I think more so uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, see if they can go back-to-back. We know how difficult that is. Um, Man City, because Guardiola's under pressure, he needs to win either Premier League or Champions League. Um, but then you've got Everton under Ancelotti. Uh, Spurs with Mourinho, who's got a good pre-season under his belt. I think this season, there's probably about seven teams that can probably really challenge, along with Man United and Arsenal as well. Yeah, it all set up. It's set up absolutely beautifully. Bridgie, let's rip in because no one asked how much we want to talk about. We've got a lot to get through to preview the season. Um, we're going to go straight to the top and I'm going to go straight to what all Liverpool fans, they've waited 30 years and they had a month to celebrate and now already they're going to defend their title. Can they do it? Will they do it? Dave, the fans are still celebrating. They will celebrate this for many, many years to come. Can they do it? It's going to be probably the toughest year to do it. And the reason I say that Manchester City are going to bounce back in some style. They're going to have to. Pep Guardiola must deliver, I believe, something 
major this season. Chelsea with the signings that they've made and Manchester United as well. They, they were looking strong towards the end of last season with, oh sorry, just before the end of the season finished for them. You could see, you know, how, how Pogba, they were getting the best out of him. The mm. midfield looked strong. So I think it's going to be a very, very tough, tough season for Liverpool. They've only made one signing so far. Um, Timmy Cost coming in to give them a bit of stability in the defence, mainly on the left-hand side. So... Can they do it? How are they shaping up? I don't want to upset Liverpool fans because there are so many of them out there, Dave Wiener. But I'm going to say in this season, it's not going to be there yet. What's the toughest part about this defence, title defence, Johnny? Is it, is it the human aspect? They've, they've done it. They've conquered Everest. How do they keep going? Um, is it the chasing pack, spending? Um, if you're in Jurgen Klopp's shoes, what's the biggest challenge you've got to overcome? You could say complacency, but I think under Jurgen Klopp, they won't be complacent. I think that uh, just the way that he gets his teams motivated, not only for games, but day day in, day out training. Um, he makes sure that they train at a level and intensity that they end up replicating that in the game. I think it's more the chasing pack. I think it's, you know, your Man Cities, your Chelsea's, your Man United's, your Arsenal's, Spurs that have really recruited well, but also they've got experienced managers, most of them. I know that uh, Chelsea and Man United probably less so. Um, so I think that's the difficult thing. And plus they haven't gone and spent big money. If they go sign a Tiago, you go, yes, they've strengthened. If they don't, and they still might lose a Wijnaldum to Barcelona, that's the, all the talk, then you'll say, look, they haven't strengthened. They have to go off of what they've been doing for the last two seasons, and um, will that be enough? I'm not sure. 196 points in two years, Bridgie. Four defeats. Uh, Johnny mentioned Thiago from Bayern Munich. We don't know as we record this if he's going to sign. Is that the key to improving Liverpool? How do they improve? Can they? I think the only worrying side for the Liverpool fans and me looking in on the outer was the squad depth. That was the thing I'm thinking, if you're going to go and win a few major trophies and you want to go and do a treble run, you need to have a hell of a squad. And I didn't see that with Liverpool. They've been lucky with injuries. You know, I, I don't want to see an Origi coming in, even though he did a good job. You want, you want some mm. good strength and depth. And they haven't gone and done that. Now, Klopp obviously believes and backs these players. Thiago, there's talk about, that'll excite the players that are there. He is a great player. We saw that in, in the um, Champions League final. So they'll be looking at thinking, we hope we can get that over the line. That gives them a little bit more in midfield. Johnny's just said that Vinaldo may go, um, which would be, I think, a huge loss because mm. he gives them a lot of energy in there. I'd be surprised if they let him go if Thiago wasn't coming in. Yeah, but correct. Still. So there's something definitely going on there, but I still don't think the Liverpool fans want to see some signings. There's still time. We might be taught in the next few gig and pods that, you know, look who they've signed because... I still think that players need a little bit of a freshen up. You need to be looking mm. over your shoulder like, I, I got a kick up my arse when mm. Mark Viduka turned up mm. at training. And I was like, who's this guy? Wow, look what he's got to offer. So you, you, still, you still need to keep players on their toes. What about the idea that uh, a Minamino or a Nabi Keita having adapted to the Premier League, some of the youngsters coming through, might answer that question though? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I've just watched the pre-season game against Blackpool that Liverpool have just oh, yeah. played. And you know, six or seven another another youngster in there. We saw them in the FA Cup last season as well. That maybe the the thing you know what it is. There's a few that are coming through. There's a production line. Give them a chance again. Feed them in. That's an opportunity for them. But is that going to win you the Champions League? I don't think it is. That's for the future. So again, I like what Klopp and the the, the club in general are doing. I still want to see a bit more, a bit more in the transfer market. Okay. Maybe right. I'm just too greedy, Dave. So you're not convinced. So if Liverpool aren't winning it for you, I'll, 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 yeah, 
No, they're not. No, they're not. No. Is our team, who, who are we going to preview next? We're previewing City next? Yeah. Okay. So, Johnny, to you, is, is this the year of Guardiola's, uh, is he going to conquer and get back to the summit? Is, is, are they the favourites for you this year? Not the favourites, no, uh, Dave. I, I look, they're going to be there pushing. Um, I think they still need to sign that defender. I know they ended up getting Ake from Bournemouth, but uh, is he the answer? Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to keep hold of Eric Garcia. There's talk about him going back to Barcelona. Um, Koulibaly could be their answer if they do go and sign him. They've got good players, of course, going forward. They've got a lot of depth. They've, they've got one of the best squads in the comp. But um, they were way off last year, and that was because of their defensive uh, frailties. And, and I don't know if he's improved that uh, in the off-season. So let's wait and see. But they'll, they'll definitely be strong again. Oh, John, I've got to I disagree with them. And I like the boy Nath Nake coming in from Bournemouth. I think he'll give them a little bit at the back there, mate. I, and I also hope that Pep's learned, uh, whether he does, the way he was more worried about changing his tactics in the Champions League. Just go with what you know. Get a, get a game plan that you know is going to put the fear of God into other teams and don't change it and just go for it this season. But I'm, I'm quite happy with what he brought in, to be fair, with him and the young boy Torres. And I'll tell you who else, John. There is a major player that has come in that nobody's been talking about. He's coming from Derby County. He's coming on loan. None other than superstar Scott Carson, the goalkeeper that I played with at Leeds United. If that doesn't tighten up the defence, I don't know what does. He can play out from the back <laughs> like the best of them, can't he? Correct. <laughs> John, how much pressure is Pep under, though? Um, that Champions League campaign changed everything, uh, as Bridgie alluded to. Um, and that's still there for them to achieve this year. He doesn't want to leave a city without uh, proving himself at that level. So we're almost back to the start of last season when we're talking about what will he prioritise. Um, how does he tackle that balance too? He'll want to win everything, that's uh, without a doubt. When, when, when you're at that level and you're a coach like Pep and uh, you, know, you just want to win games of football, I think you just take it uh, each game as it comes. Yes, he'll rotate his squad, but he's got a, he's got a lot of depth. So I don't think he'll prioritise. I think he'll try and win what's in front of him at that moment. And you've seen that even with the cup competitions that he's involved in. He likes to win those. Um, so, look, Man City will, uh, will be there. We, we know that. We know Guardiola is a super coach. Um, a lot of people criticised him at the end of last season, which I thought was a bit unfair in what he's achieved over the years. Um, but, uh, you know, there is going to be pressure on him because, you know, he needs to win something major. And uh, that's either the, the Premier League or the Champions League to say, yes, he's had a good season. So you think, Bridget, he's addressed the defensive flaws to an extent. Uh, David Silva's gone. So there's that aspect too. Little Messi didn't arrive, which is quietly, I'm actually glad he didn't. I know we would have loved to see the Premier League, him on the Premier League would have just been manna from heaven. Yeah. But I actually would love if Guardiola does go on and silence the doubters that he does do it without Messi. I, I just love what he's done in his career so much. I want him to not have that asterisk next to it. Um, but you, how will he be judged? You try telling him that he can go and win it without Messi, he would have loved to have had Messi because every time people ask him the question, how did you win so many things? Well, I had Javi and I had Messi. Yeah. He would have loved to have pulled that off. It's, yeah, again, there's another thing you said, Silva's gone. I think it's a time for Phil Foden mm -hmm. to step in there and shine as well just had a mis misdemeanor with England. Mm. I don't know how that's going to affect him now with his family life. I've just heard Gareth Southgate talking, saying England are going to do all they can with Greenwood and Foden. 
because of the media scrutiny that they yep. are getting the family stuff that's going to take a lot of mentoring to get them right maybe it could have just derailed phil ford in a little bit before city didn't need that to happen um, but I think I do think that they are going to go on and win the title this season, Dave. I don't know what it is because, like you say, this, the signings. I just love the way they play football. I think this is the year, and I, I want to see a title race a bit closer this year. Yeah. Well, how close will it be? Will it come down to the wire? Will it, will they dominate? I think, I think no. I don't think they're going to dominate. I think it's going to be. I think there'll be three or four teams in the mix for the for the title this year. And you're probably talking that in the in the next little mm. topic. But um, I think it's going to be very very close. Three points at the most. Okay, and can you see them bring anyone else in before the season? City? This is Man City, yes. Yeah. Where do you think, if, if to, to, to make you comfortable that that's your tip and you can stand by it through the season? One more centre-half. Yeah. yeah. Don't know who that is. And he might be playing, he might be a current Napoli player. Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So who joins them, right? So we've had this epic two-horse battle for a couple of seasons now, John. Um, but every few years, the rest of the Premier League recharges and reignites and... Um, Chelsea have done it in the transfer market. Manchester United did it off the back of Bruno Fernandes in 2020. Who are you adding to the bracket in our preview title race? I still think Chelsea and Man United would be the two teams that probably could challenge the most. I think Man United still need a couple of more signings. Um, even though they showed at the end of last season, you know, the, the players and, and Fernandes, what a signing he was. So you expect more out of him. You expect more out of Pogba because of Fernandes being there. Um, let's hope that he's injury free. Uh, you know, what a front line in Greenwood. Uh, Rashford, Martial, uh, I, I think they're so exciting going forward. I still like them to sign another defender. I, I still think they struggle a little bit there. Um, and add uh, Donny van, uh, van der Beek in there, in the mix. The Ajax signing, you know, he, he's got goals in him from midfield. He, he makes good forward runs. Um, but I can't go past the Chelsea signings. I, I just think that, you know, this is uh, them saying, we trust you, Frank. And we believe that you're the person to take this club forward and win us the Premier League title because or else they wouldn't have spent the money they spent. You know, Timo Werner, uh, you got Hakim Zayek, you got Ben Chilwell, you got Thiago Silva, Kai Havertz, who's potentially going to be one of the best uh, midfielders in the world. And then, you know, they're talking about getting Mendy, a goalkeeper from Rennes. I still think the best signing, Bridgie, has to be Thiago Silva because he will just give him that balance at the back he'll give him that experience at the back and he's a leader and a coach so i think that's where they lacked last season john aloisi can you stop talking chelsea up so much i've got dave weiner doing dances and cartwheels in the studio here mate it's embarrassing he's he's so excited he's like a kid at christmas I once again i feel like i'm back at school i oh, feel like it's 2003 can you just relax a little bit and abramovich has just bought the club and He's just spending like he's at Christmas shopping. My word. Well, I'm going, to put a, I'm going to put it back to John. You've just named it. I do agree with you about Thiago Silva. I think the experience he gives him at the back is absolutely superb. But you didn't answer. You, give us your top four in order, please. Oh, you know what, Bridget? That's, that's such a tough one. Um, I, I still think Liverpool will be up there challenging with Man City. I still think the other two will probably just be a little bit off. So I'd still say that Chelsea and Man United, they will make up the top four. It'll be Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Man United. Um, but let's not underestimate Arsenal or Tottenham or even Everton coming through as well. Or possibly Leeds United. <laughs> no. Steady, we're working, way, 
We're working our way down there. We're working our way down there. Hey, interestingly, we'll, we'll just continue on that Chelsea theme uh, in all objectivity. Um, and on the Two Sharp Reds podcast, Mark Schwarzer um, said he had massive doubts of the Thiago Silva signing. Really interesting how to hear that comparison between what you've both said and what he said. I think on a free, it makes it's a no-brainer because you've got a coach in your defence. But Schwarzer was very worried about the speed that he would be exposed at if Chelsea didn't resolve. Uh, their issues defensively. Can Frank Lampard resolve those issues because they've signed great attacking stock, but this is a team that leaked 54 goals in the Premier League yeah. last term, the worst in the top 10. And that's why it comes down to, I was saying, and I still say it, the signers are fantastic. They've got a, an attacking prowess. Is it the way Lampard was playing last season, how he, you know, he hasn't got that kind of experience then now to play or get his players to understand the defensive roles that he wants? But I tell you what, it was exciting to watch. So as a neutral, go for your life, do what you want. But don't don't listen to Swartz. He's a goalkeeper for God's sake, please. He knows <laughs> nothing. John, as as a, looking for a coaching perspective, what is what is the the biggest challenge Lampard faces? Because he does have now an incredible embarrassment of riches. He has the young players he brought through last year now who are competing for places with with signings from outside. Um, and he is top heavy. He's got a lot of great attacking players. Um, what what what's his to do list? I think it's managing those players when they're not playing because he's got so much firepower going forward. And, you know, your Abrahams and your Mason Mounts and Dudson Hoy, uh, uh, they'll be wanting to play. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's going to be managing them. I still think, yes, of course, leaking goals um, is, is a major thing that they need to get right. And I don't agree with Swartzy. I think Thiago Silva has shown that he can deal with the pace because the, the, the French League, they have got some great strikers and quick strikers. And uh, and he showed in the Champions League final, I thought he was he was immense at the back for uh, Paris Saint-Germain against Bayern Munich. And, and what quicker front line than uh, <laughs> Bayern Munich front line. So I think that Thiago Silva, he'll slot in pretty nicely and uh, he'll be able to do well for Chelsea. And let's not forget, the issues have already started without even kicking a ball regarding Chelsea in that man management that Lampard is going to have to deal with this season. Because there's no smoke without fire. Somewhere it came out that Mount was disgruntled mm. at the signings that were coming after his season. His dad's had to come out and squash them fires and pour water on it. This is Mount's dad mm -hmm. to say my son has never said that. So these are arguments and things that Marie, um, Mourinho there you go Dave there's a blast from the past that Lampard is going to have to nail down and he's having to do that already and you haven't even kicked the ball so that's why at the start of the podcast I said it's how Frank is going to adapt to his man management that we are going to see this season and be able to get his game plan in place to have a title challenge because there is no excuse now with this, with this squad well it's interesting because you look at Rhys James Billy Gilmore Mason Mount Tammy Abraham yeah. All the youngsters that were brought through last year, none of them might actually be in the 11. So it is fascinating. To end off, talking about the fantasy football, what front three do you expect in the, big, the biggest game Lampard has to play? What front three will he roll out? Oh, Dave, well, you're killing me. Um, he's got to be Werner. And Can you get Zayic and um, Pulisic all in the same front three? I would be playing Pulisic because he ended really well. Oh. Werner because he's had a bit of time off. He's been there and understands. And who else would you go with? Yes, of course you can. They're all yeah. great international players. You reckon that's that's uh, lopsided, John? 
Oh, no, I wouldn't say lopsided. I, and I agree with Bridgie, with uh, Zayek uh, as well, was there early, uh, along with Timo Werner. So they'll understand what Frank is looking for and, and what he wants. Um, it'll be interesting to see how quickly Havertz can get into that starting 11. I, I don't think he will at the start. I think he'll take him a little bit of time uh, just because he's arrived there a little bit later and is, is a little bit younger. I don't think Frank, in his mind, will have what his starting 11 or strongest 11 is. I think it will be game by game and who's training well. And uh, and that also, that creates a competition. And whenever you've got competition in your squad, normally you're training at a higher level and the intensity is higher. So that will hold them in good stead once they do start to play games. You know, when last time Abramovich spent this much money, uh, Claudio Ranieri finished second and got sacked. Does Lampard have to win the league to keep his job? Oh, Mr. Wiener, you and your little questions that mean so much. The million dollar question. <laughs> no, he will not. He's, he's too good for that. I no, hope so. he's too I good. Hope, I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. Now, look, at Solskjaer's got all the momentum going, John. Um, where do you think Van der Beek will fit in? Will he get, uh, talking about fitting in all your embarrassment of riches at Stamford Bridge, at Old Trafford, uh, does Van der Beek line up in the same 11 as Pogba and Fernandez, or is he there to build depth beyond those two? He's there to build depth. I, I, I can't see them playing Van der Beek, Fernandes and Pogba all in the same side unless he plays with uh, an inverted winger and uses one of them uh, like Van der Beek you know, in that sort of uh, inside winger role because uh, you know, Pogba's not really a, an out-and-out six so they need someone to just stay there and, and sit there as a six which is normally Matic or Fred. Um, so uh, look, uh, it, it's they need the depth because they, they, they're also playing in the Champions League. It's not only the, the Premier League that they want to do well in, they want to do well in the Champions League. So I think it's good that he's got that depth. Um, I'd like him to have a little bit more depth at the back, but uh, going forward, they, they look exciting and uh, they've definitely got goals in them going forward. Well, look at Meccano, the, the beast from Leipzig uh, was, was linked. Uh, he scored for France in the Nations League. He's just making all the right noises at the moment. So that would be a huge boost for them as well. Jaden Sancho, yes. that would make it. Talk about fitting an embarrassment of riches in, in the front four. Who misses out if, if he Again, gets picked? But everybody, it's, it's nowadays, Dave. Everybody seems to have a price tag. It's they were, were, you know, the money is getting to a point where Sancho teams would have gone, yeah, stuff it, we'll do it. Mm. Manchester United, I think, you know, for one player, do we put all of our eggs in one basket? Do they need him at that price? Not at that price. No, no every, like, that's what I'm saying. Every player yeah. has their price. Yeah. If you got Sancho in your squad, I would go, I'd drive there myself yeah. from Manchester. Yeah. Go and get him in the car and drive him back to make sure he got there safely as long as it's at the right price. Yeah, right. You've got this because players you, like that. So you're, you're not going to let Do uh, Dortmund hold you to ransom at no this chance. price for Sancho, no. as good as he is? No chance. Okay, the other big interesting selection thing that I think will set a huge tone for United going into the season, who does he start in goal, Bridgie? Is it Henderson or is it De Gea? Because... It's a huge message early doors. I mean, what did you just sign? New five-year deal? Yeah. Henderson? He's actually said, I don't want to come as second fiddle. Yeah, yeah. Um, De Gea, with all the issues that he had last season, uh, with the mistakes he was making, Henderson had a cracking season. It's a big call. It's a huge call. Now, this is why managers get paid the big <laughs> money there, because you've got to make the big decisions. You've got to have big kahunas. And if it was me making that big decision, I'd be saying, see you later, De Gea. I'll be getting Henderson in. I'll be saying, you're the mainstay for now. So, yeah. again, what do we know? We're strikers. It's Mark Swartz, the guy you yeah. need to ask. But, Johnny, what's your thought on that one? 
I think he'll go with De Gea at the start. I think De Gea showed with the national team over the past two games um, for Spain that he, he did really well, especially against Germany. I thought that he was outstanding. He, he made uh, some crucial saves. That will give him confidence. He had a bad season, Bridgie. You're right. He, he, was, he wasn't good last season or the season before. How much time do you give him? I think you'll give him the start of the season. And if he starts to make too many mistakes, that's him gone and that's him done. I've got a conspiracy. I hope he starts with De Gea. I think he, I think he probably will. Uh, Henderson kicks up a stink because he doesn't want to be second choice going into the Euros. And Chelsea, who what do we need still to sign? And he would have to get paid out his five-year contract. There you go. I've Bang. got a conspiracy. But I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming. That, that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so high hopes there for Chelsea and Manchester United. Competing on four fronts. Uh, they would be utterly disappointed if both teams didn't make the top for. Hey, we're going to change the pace a little bit as we discuss the next teams going down. We're going to look at some of the signings that have been made as they try to work their way up the table. We're going to go rate or hate to start off, and then we're going to talk about their impact at those clubs. And the first one to you, Bridgie, is William to Arsenal. Rate or hate? I absolutely hate it, Dave. Because I be saying that. Because he's a great player. Oh, yeah, and he's yeah, going fair. to Arsenal. No, I agree, yeah. And I'm I don't like you. great players I'm that go you. to Arsenal because I don't want Arsenal to do well. As you know, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan. That's why I hate it. But as an Arsenal fan, I would be rating it absolutely massively. I love his work rate. I love his energy levels. And I love what he can do on the ball. He's an exciting footballer. And I'm just excited because he stayed in the Premier League. So there you go. Mm, I think he's got himself probably a ticket to be able to get through the next ball cup. He's an absolute professional Never let Chelsea down. Obviously, Chelsea thought they've upgraded, John. But with William adding that professionalism to them up top, uh, Danny Ceballos coming back uh, from Real Madrid again for another season as well. Gabriel, the defender from Lille, um, coming in as well for £27 million. Cedric Suarez from um, Southampton. A couple of trophies under the belt from Mikel Arteta. Any hope there? And they still mm, got Aubameyang, okay. which was the big thing. Because if they, if they lost hold of him and then, you know, there's the majority of their goals done. I actually, th I like their signings in the offseason. I like what Arteta's done. I think he's been brilliant since he's been there. All right, they haven't always got the results. But I think that, uh, you know, we've spoken about this in the past, Bridgie. He's starting to get that culture right at Arsenal, uh, which is a massive thing. I think, you know, dropping Ozil for so long is showing that he's strong. He's... he's uh, He's got a great character as a coach and as a manager. And I think with those signings, now watch this space. If he's able to get Thomas Partey away from Atletico Madrid, then that will shore up their midfield. I actually think they've got a really strong squad and they'll be pushing the top four. I like the way that Arsenal and Arteta have gone about things in the offseason. It's got a lot of ground to make up. And you, as a, as, a, as a Tottenham fan, will be very nervous about that. Is he going to make that up? Are they top four contenders? They're not top four contenders. They're going to finish sixth because Spurs are going to finish fifth. There you go. The European contenders. It's going to go Man City, <laughs> Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Spurs, Arsenal, Everton, Leeds. That's my top eight. They're playing for the podium positions in London, of course. That's how we, that's how we see it. Uh, Ateta, he's made a massive impact. He has. He has, without a shadow of a doubt. Like John says, all the things he's talked about, they're absolutely spot on. Um, and I think that comes from, you know, being the understudy and mentoring and seeing how Pep Guardiola works. The first thing I remember seeing Arteta do when he came in, having a chat with the analysis team was, where's the drone? Do we have a drone? I need, I need to record training. I want to see the team shape. For me, spot on, fantastic. And he's made his stamp his authority on, like John mm. says. So success in the future, no doubt, under this man. If it's at Arsenal, fan, for the Arsenal fans, fantastic. But uh, 
Arteta, I think, is, is just made for this job. He's got options, John, up front now with William adding. Uh, second season for Pepe, he, he surely will improve. Aubameyang, the jewel in the crown. Lacazette, youngsters. Uh, Saka being the headline of that as well. Um, how would you line them up? Yeah, again, I think that um, what he's shown over the last uh, couple of games that I've seen them play, that they set up with a 5-4-1 you know, uh, defensively. But when they go forward, it's, it's a 4-3-3. So he's definitely got firepower going forward. Um, I don't know who will be in his strongest 11. I think he's got good depth there now going forward. Aubameyang, of course, is, is their mainstay and he's going to be their starter. Um, you know, but the others, he will rotate because he'll want to keep them fresh, keep them on their toes, um, you know, just like uh, Guardiola does at Man City. And, and I think he'll get the best out of those individual players. And, you know, that, that'll be good going forward. They've got a lot of firepower there. And a charity shield off the back of a win against Liverpool for Arteta and the team. You mm. know, that was fantastic. And the game first up against Fulham. Back to Craven Cottages, down the road. They're not travelling and they've got a great record against Fulham. I can just see this being a goal fest from the get-go for Arsenal. So mm. there you go. Good news for Arsenal fans. All right. So uh, I, I remember asking you probably about three months ago, Bridgie, whether you were more confident in the, in the short to midterm future uh, of Arsenal or Tottenham um, with your Tottenham fan, on, fan hat on. I'm going to ask you that again now at the start of the season. Which team in North London, ob objectively speaking, uh, should be more optimistic this season? You're just looking to get me in shit on social media with all the Tottenham <laughs> Hotspur fans here. I know exactly what you're going. This is a very manipulative question, but you're very clever. Oh, it's the, it's just honestly, it's the, it's the passion. You're clever. I want to say it. I would much rather be in the Arsenal camp at this moment in time. But I've never been a fan of Mourinho because of the tactics. Having watched the doco, mm -hmm. the latest documentary where he's involved, his man management has made me see a whole new side of him. I think it's been absolutely brilliant. I think he's shown a lot of people around the world what he's capable of doing, how he can get a dressing room and how he can get a team to play. He didn't have Harry Kane last year. He was injured for a bit. He didn't have Son. So I'm, you know, I'm still being brave. I'm putting on the brave thing, but we haven't made any signings. We've got Doherty who has come in, which is, I do believe is a, a good signing. It's where we've needed it. And the other one has been um, Hoiberg, Hoiberg in that midfield. Just to give that security The in ball there. winner. The ball winner. So I do rate them two, them two signings because I don't think we've ever filled that spot at right back since um, Walker left. Yeah. So, so yes, Arsenal. The all or nothing. The, the all or nothing documentary has been fasc fascinating. It's it's a PR um, perfection for Mourinho. Yeah. He's been yeah. able to rewrite the perception. But of not him. many managers, Dave, would let the cameras and the crew and in, uh, into the dressing room to let him see the tactics board. We didn't really see that at, at, in the City one with Pep Guardiola. Mm -hmm. A little bit of it. We didn't see it in the Sunderland documentary on Netflix. I think we've had a lot more access, and I'm very, um, you know, I'm pleased that Mourinho has allowed that to happen. Yeah. So he showed his personality in that uh, documentary, John, but Spurs were still a tough watch for most of last season. He's now got the time to have a full season with them. What do you expect from Mourinho this term? What do you expect Mourinho's Spurs to be this term? I expect them to be much of the same in terms of Mourinho likes to build his teams from the back. He, he, his foundation is making sure he gets his defensive structure right. Um, but he's got good players going forward. You know, He was unlucky that he, he missed out on Harry Kane most of last season when he arrived. He was injured. So he'll be back to his best. He'll be fully fit, raring to go. They've still got Son. They've still got Deli Alli. They've still got Lucas. They've still got so many players that can cause problems going forward. Um, 
Um, so you expect them to be better defensively because Mourinho's had time to work with them. And uh, yeah, it's been great, this documentary, because you know we all hear about how players love Mourinho. They love his management style. Um, all right, not so much at Man United, but before at Inter Milan, at Real Madrid. And so, you know, it's been great to see what he's like day in, day out with these players. So you expect them to be strong. You expect them to be challenging, uh, maybe for a top four. Um, let's see how they go. It's so interesting because it, it undermines the whole idea that he doesn't connect with the modern player. He actually looks like he's doing everything he can to actually win the, win the players over. And it's just going to be so fascinating to see if that translates into this season coming up. Um, and you're a fan of the Doherty sign, signing. I am, I rate it, I do, I've just said that, I like it because I don't think they've filled that, that spot mm. there Dave, so that's one that I would, if it's a question about rating it or hating it, I rate it because he's got experience. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honouring highly requested new colours for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. ...in that position with Wolves as well. What about rate or hate, speaking of Wolves, Fabio Silva, £35 million from Porto, a protege, rate or hate? I absolutely hate this, Dave. And not for the reason that I hated the one with Willian. I hate this for the reason. It's a ridiculous price tag for a man that has had 11 appearances. And I'm going to call it and I'm going to say it is dodgy as hell. I don't know what's going on. Um, I do believe there is an agent involved that has got a, a bit in the club as well. Mm. Um, I think it's Mendes. Mm-hmm. There's something dodgy going on. Either that or there's something that they have witnessed on social media. The analysis that they have seen him play in reserve and youth team games. He's the next Maradona, but I, I hate it. I don't know what John thinks. <laughs> I, look, it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a risk. Put it that way. He's uh, obviously a talent, and uh, uh, Nuno does know uh, Portuguese football back to front. Yes, Mendes was involved. Yes, he's. They've got about, uh, I don't know, two hundred Portuguese players at Wolves at the moment. But uh, eighteen years old. 182 minutes in total, Bridgie. It's it's a massive risk. Uh, if it pays off, you know they look they're going to look like geniuses. So he must be talented. Uh, let's wait and see and give him a little bit of time because he just has turned 18. So let's see how he goes. John, can you imagine turning back the clock for me and you, mate? If we'd had 180 minutes of football, what we would have been worth if he's worth that? I'll tell you what, I'm talking triple bloody figures and hundreds of millions, mate. It's a shambles. Well, they're onto something with their Portuguese, uh, they're hoovering up of all the Portuguese talent. But on a serious note, looking at Wolves, who would have been bitterly disappointed to miss out on European football last season, just pipped at the post by Spurs. Uh, they haven't overly strengthened, um, and they've had two outstanding seasons up top. This is going to be this is going to be a hard one to almost go. This is almost their second year syndrome this, this year. This is the year where they don't have that European um, backdrop. Um, have they reinforced enough to continue that upward trajectory? So close to the Champions League to nothing last year. Dave, I didn't think they'd invested enough last season when they got into Europe because he doesn't like uh, you know Spirit of Nuno Santos doesn't like tinkering with his team. And we saw that it, it was very. They, I think they made their first stamp in the Premier League, where it was all about the structure. This is my eleven. If one's fit, they're, they're in. 
I thought they would have changed that in Europe, European football. They, they had a crack and run with it. I didn't think they would have so much success in the Premier League. It, it's knocked them a little bit. But um, I think going forward, they're, they're in a good... I still think they're in a good place now just to concentrate back on the Premier League. But it, it is, for me, it's going to be his biggest test mm. since when they first got mm. promoted. Mm. It's a big test. And also, it's interesting, they, they won so many games late last year, which shows amazing character. But it's almost like, how often can you run that gauntlet Correct. Um, with those late, those late comebacks? So they probably need to find a bit of consistency in their performances this year to, to, to keep going where they want to be. I'm looking forward to this one, John. James Rodriguez to Everton. Rate or hate? Rate. Ancelotti worked with him at uh, Real Madrid, at Bayern Munich. He knows how to get the best out of him. I actually think that he's such a talented player. Yes, he's had a, a, a year or two that hasn't been at the level that we expect of him, but what a left foot. He can score goals, he can set up goals. I think this is a great signing for An Ancelotti. And Ancelotti's made some good signings, mainly with players that he's worked with before, Alain from Napoli. Um, and he's still got some talented players uh, in that squad. So, you know, with his experience and his success, I think Ancelotti is, could be onto something quite big and quite special here with Everton. Abelard Decore just overnight as well from Watford. Uh, they didn't have a midfield last year, so now they've got one and a decent one at that. That when they were bad last year, it's and they were bad. Uh, when they were motivated, they played some really good football. Um, they're not a bottom half team. Will, will he get them back in? Will not only get them back in the top half, will they be contending for the Europa League and beyond? Dave, will you not listen to my my stats early on, mate? That my top eight: Man City to win it, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Spurs, Arsenal, Everton, yeah. and then Leeds. Confirmed. They're confirmed. They're confirmed. in. I like what they're doing. The signings. And I just feel like he's had a lot more time to work with the structure of the team, how he wants to play. And DeCorey coming in for me, I think that's a, that is a massive, massive signing for them in that midfield. He's powerfully strong. He's played the Premier League and he, he didn't have a great season with, with Watford last year, obviously. But the season before and before, superb, mm. big, big signing. Did you add, it, you add it, a better performing Everton into a mix? So we had Sheffield United last year, have Wolves. The competition, that's why I'm so excited for the season, even though it only just ended, is that the competition is already more interesting and got other layers to what it did last year. You can't pick with any confidence, again, you know, what that top 10 will end up looking like. And here's a spanner in the works for you, Bridgie, as well, that might make that a bit interesting. Rate or hate Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser to Newcastle? I read it. I read it. Finally, Mr. Ashley has gone into them deep pockets yeah. of his that reach all the way down to his ankles. <laughs> he's pulled some money out and he's spent it on players that know what they are doing in the Premier League. Callum Wilson, England international, scored goals in the Premier League for Bournemouth. Fantastic player. Uh, Ryan Fraser, a workhorse um, at, with Eddie Howe at Bournemouth again. A player that I think will come in. Another lad that came from Bournemouth there was Richie. Newcastle fans loved him because of the energy mm. levels that they will bring. We are not signing 40 million on a Joe Linton, mm. who is absolutely crap. Mm. He's never been in the Premier League. Lost his, jump, lost, lost his you know, jersey now. Lost his jersey now. Good riddance. I'll, I wouldn't even give him the number. He's lost the number nine. I'd give him number 109 because he was absolutely honking. So you've got two players that have come in, and another good signing was Jeff Hendrick from mm. Burnley on a free. Yep. It's good business, and I like it. And there may be a little bit more to come before the next episode of the Gagan Pod, yeah. I've heard. Yeah, is that right? Yes. I've got my little talent scouts out in the northeast of England, and um, I can't say, but there is there could potentially be one more signing coming their way. And that's above and beyond Jamal Lewis, a talented defender coming from Norwich City as well, who's just come in as Has it well. officially been done? Oh, is that the one you were talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, there you go. I'm just reading off the, off the Guardian here, so uh, exclusives He's, everywhere. Exclusives <laughs> gone then. He was getting his medical at the training ground. It's already done and dusted, so another great, great signing. Very good. Very, very good. So we now we know your... Um, 
positions, Bridgie. So, John, to conclude with you, um, we know you're top four. What happens down to sort of uh, seventh place? Oh, um, in the top four, we did mention Chelsea, United, City, Liverpool. I, I think Arsenal will be pushing for that. Spurs as well. Um, Everton. Um, I, I think they're the seven teams that will, will make up. I, look, it's unfortunate that I'm, I'm missing out on Leicester. Even Leeds that Bridgie seems to think will be up there. I think it will be too much, Bridgie, maybe from the Championship, uh, even though they've got a uh, um, master tactician in Bielsa uh, with a lot of experience. I think that will be my tip for going for Europe or European positions. Time for a short break. Promise. A quick shout-out to Optusport's other podcast, Two Sharp Reds. Former Aussie goalkeeper Mark Schwarzer and Ollie Geel have great banter about the Premier League, the Champions League. You know what? Anything football, really. You won't be disappointed. Two Sharp Reds, wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the Gig and Pod. All right, boys, we're going to rip through now. I want to get some predictions for you before we go to Leeds and the new boys coming up and, and the dreaded relegation race conversation. Um, Bridgie, to you. The best three players. It's, oh, it's finished the sentence, by the way, which we oh, brought back. Finished brought the back sentence. Remember right. that? Now that we're back together, we're, 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 well, not, we're not sitting on Zoom. I can thought you I'd give us a bit more notice next time about finish the sentence, please? <laughs> My the, word. Uh, it, it is what you're reading off the page there. <laughs> I just hadn't put my answers down. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to test you first up. The best three players in the Premier League this season will be... De Bruyne, Werner, Rodrigo for Leeds. There you go. Whoa! Okay. There you go. Bang, bang, bang. All right. John? De Bruyne, Mane and Fernandes from Man United. Portuguese maestro. The first manager to get sacked this season will be... Roy Hodgson. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be, might be onto something there. John? Oh, that's a big one. Roy Hodgson. Yeah, he had a bad end of the season last season. Um, I still think if David Moyes starts off badly, uh, because, you know, there's a lot more expectation on West Ham. They don't want to be fighting relegation another season going. But Scott Parker, I still think that he might uh, come in for a tough start and he might be the first one to go. Good call on Moyes, by the way, because mm. Everton have just, you know, they've just lost that player. Honky preseason. Yeah. yeah, they've lost the player. Yep. There's hell on about that. Mm-hmm. The youngster, Noble, the captain's mm-hmm. come out. There was going to be a protest at the ground, and that's even before the first game of the season. Mm. So Johnny could be on to a, a yeah, it could be. A, well, I like that one, John. The player or manager, Bringy, under the most pressure is. Well, we've probably touched on the managers there. What about the player under the most pressure? Well, I would say the, the manager under the most pressure, Dave. I'm gonna, I've put Pep Guardiola down there because of the, the season that he's had. I've, yeah. I've put him down there. And the player, I've gone for Maguire of Man United. Yes. I've put that in. There's been a big thing in the summer. He's been yeah. caught out. He's been in a Greek jail. Was it in Greece? Yeah. Or Cyprus? Mykonos, I think. Uh, in, a, in a jail cell. He's had that. He's had the scrutiny of you know Man United coming in and he hasn't been superb. Marking his own player for a corner. So I'm putting, I'm putting Maguire with that price tag being the most expensive <laughs> defender when you're marking your own player there's a big, big thing going on there. Yeah, he's got the circus, the tabloid circus to deal with now. John, the, the player and manager under the most pressure is? Every manager's under pressure. Uh, that's a given. It doesn't matter what position they're in, whether they're fighting for a title or fighting relegation, uh, they're all under pressure. But De Gea is under the most pressure because he's been poor for the last two seasons. He doesn't want to lose that number one spot at Man United. So another Man United player, uh, he probably doesn't mark the opposition on corners like Maguire, but he's still under pressure. <laughs> the two of them together, it doesn't make for a great combination at the heart of the team. <laughs> Who's the player or manager who will most surprise us this season, Bridgie? I've got to back my man, Bielsa, coming up the Premier League. I think we saw in the FA Cup last season when I watched 
Leeds United play Arsenal. Leeds absolutely dominated the game. Arsenal were clinical when they got the chances. Leeds squandered chances. The style of play caught everybody out. Well, I'm saying it shouldn't catch everybody out because that is what Bielsa is all about. He, he, you know, he knows what he is doing. So I'm saying that the he is going to be the one that is going to surprise everybody along with Leeds United. And the player, I'm hoping that surprise everybody is Adam Lallana going to Brighton. Nice I shot. want to see him get his his career back on track, and I'm hoping it's injury free. And if there's anywhere to do it, Brighton is a lovely place to be to get his confidence back. And um, I'm hoping that he does great things to get him back in the England squad. Really nice shot. What about you, John? Yeah, look, Bielsa, is it a surprise? We've seen what he's capable of doing. We know that uh, he's, he's a top manager. I don't think any of the managers uh, will surprise anyone because they, they've all been there, they've done it. The only one that could surprise is a Scott Parker, but I don't think he's going to. Um, I, I actually want to see uh, Kai Havertz because um, I don't know a lot about him. Seeing glimpses of him while he's been in Germany, uh, could he be the major surprise? Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that so I'll go with him geez they wax lyrical over him out of Germany when you read the the, the press out of there he, he's an absolute superstar on the rise um, same sort of theme to end us off on this segment the emerging the emerging star you are most looking forward to seeing this season is well I did prepare for this one I put a few down here Greenwood no doubt because I love seeing him last season he's already emerged Forden again yeah two guys that have messed up Curtis Jones of Liverpool yeah watch this space yeah Flying machine, great player, scores goals. We saw him in the FA Cup for Liverpool again pre-season against Blackpool. He was very good. And a man that has just made the England debut, mm. coming from the Championship, mm. Gareth Southgate named him, there was a, and obviously they're in the Premier League now, Leeds United, is the midfielder, Calvin Phillips. Yeah. So keep an eye on this kid, big talk. If he didn't, Leeds hadn't got promoted, Villa or um, Spurs were going to splash big money mm. on this player. So they're my picks. John? Emerging star, will it be... Fabio Silva, which Bridget has already ridden off <laughs> from Wolves, or uh, oh, look, I, I'm going to go with Bridget, uh, Mason Greenwood. I just love watching him play. He's got goals in him. Uh, I love uh, players with that that natural left foot, uh, but he can also score goals with his right foot. So um, I just think that he reminds me a little bit of Robin Van Persie, the way he runs, the way he moves, and uh, let's see if he can actually go on another level this season. But I'm I'm most looking forward to watching him. John, I've seen Fabio Silva's um, contract, mate. He's got a million pound a goal. He will be desperate to play the games. <laughs> the Portuguese tart that they do over there in Wolverhampton. All right, Bridget, you've, you've, you've mentioned Leeds. You've alluded to Leeds a number of times now. I just want to, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not going to ask you any questions. I just want to know what's going to happen. How are you feeling about it? I just asked you two questions. I'm not going to ask you any questions. <laughs> Talk to me about Leeds. Do you know what it is? I'm very excited for one because the fans deserve it. They've been through hell and back. The club have been through hell and back since them days, 16 years ago. And the, the decline started before that, just as I, I was leaving to go to Newcastle United financially. We all know the history of the club. It's absolutely brilliant. When they won the European, um, they won FA Cups, Eddie Gray's era. And, and they are back. And I'm delighted they're back because Andre has come in um, Victor Paul Bell Kinnear I've said it a numerous amount of times Dave they have had a plan they've had a structure they've got the fans engaged they've got the sponsors back involved they had a direction mm. and they had a plan mate and they've, they've, they've done that now they've had to come up with something else did they go, did this did I think they would spend the money that they have done no I didn't I didn't think they'd go out there but Victor um, Otter has got this unbelievable knowledge of 
players, especially in Spain, but around the world, mm. and he's got good connections. So to be able to talk a Spanish international to come into Leeds United mm. who have been promoted, that for me is a masterstroke. Bielsa with his style of play, I'm just expecting really good things because what he's done, he's made players that were cast-offs at other teams and other managers couldn't get the best out of them in the Championship and Bielsa's proven you put your time in, you invest in the players, you educate them and what they want to do and you show them a game plan they can become players. So you think, you, you hinted that they, they can compete for the top 10? They can um, compete for the top 10. I'm going to go out there and I will, I've, I've said it, and I'm saying oh, they are going to be in the top 10. And is what is it that gives you the faith that they will be on the Sheffield United trajectory and not on a, you know, a Fulham a few years ago, a West Brom? Because I don't think Bielsa will change his style. If, if they don't win the first few matches, I don't think he's going to go back and put five at the back and four and invite pressure. They're, they're going to go for it and they're going to they're gonna shock a lot of teams. And I, I just feel that with if it hadn't been with Bielsa, I wouldn't have been as excited. I wouldn't have been as, oh, you know, thinking, oh, they're going to have so much success. But what he has given that community, and I just hope that the fans will out back in this season. Because I'll tell you mm. what, I've, I've played at Ellen Road on European nights. We've beaten AC Milan at home. The fans were unbelievable. I went back last season, or the yeah, last season just before COVID hit. I've never seen an atmosphere like it at Ellen Road. And that is what this new group of owners have mm. have um, brought to the table and the fans have bought into it and invested and it was even louder than them nights. I couldn't believe it. So that's that why I'm so excited. John, I've got round four. I mean, round one, Liverpool versus Leeds. I mean, the Premier don't tell me that's a, a, a lottery jip from the Premier League. That's an amazing first game. But round four, uh, when Pep Guardiola goes to visit his, 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 uh, his hero at Ellen Road, the tactics of this season are going to be fascinating. You must be just so excited to see what Bielsa brings to the Premier League. Yeah, I'm excited because uh, I also saw what he brought to La Liga, uh, not only with Espanyol years ago, but in recent times with Athletic Bilbao. He had hard workers in that side. He had players that were would listen to what he wanted to do, like he's got at Leeds. Um, he's a, a super tactician. Plus, he, he actually studies uh, the opposition. You know, we all know about... Uh, the spying that he did with Derby County a couple of years ago, but also with the players. He knows each player back to front. So Rodrigo will fit his style because he went and probably hand-picked Rodrigo. Robin Koch from Freiburg that uh, is actually a German international, good on the ball, very Bielsa-style defender. Um, and I think the biggest thing about the Premier League, we know the quality of the players, but the quality of the managers they've got this season in the Premier League has to be the best ever and definitely the best in Europe at the moment. Yeah, agree, John. And you, you know what I've you know what I've realised, John, as well. In in Dave, Leeds, Liverpool, Liverpool leads the the game is. Leeds have just been a team that have got promoted back to the Premier League. Now, who's who else is playing? Arsenal playing Fulham. It's not seen as a big game. The other promoted team, where are we at? Who, West who? Brom's first game. West Brom's first game, yeah. They've yeah, got Leicester. Leicester. Again, nobody sees it as a big game. Everybody's just been talking. Liverpool leads. Mm. Oh, this is a massive mm. game. Now, I'm not just talking about my network. I'm talking people that, you know, around mm. the world are mm. saying, oh, what a big game this is. That just shows the history and how people, 100%. how highly people rate Leeds United. And that's what's got me excited. It absolutely does. The, the, you, you sense the Premier League will be better and healthier for them being in there and staying in there potentially. So they're coming out with Fulham and West Brom. Um, how are those two clubs going to fare by comparison? Do you know what is I fear for Fulham? I've got them going down. I've just upset all the Fulham fans already in the Gagan Pod episode one. I've got them going down. I just think the, the lack of knowledge Parker has got, the you know that hasn't really done too much damage in the transfer market because they've learned from their mm. last 
chance when, mm. or the last time in the Premier League when they spent big slapstick. So yeah, it was it was horrendous. And the only real sign there, you know, Mario um, Lamina coming in from Southampton. I like him, but is it going to get me excited? Is it going to get the fans excited? Mm. No, it's it's not. So I see them on a hide and nothing, and it's it starts at Arsenal with West Brom. However, I just think with Billich, he's been there. He's had a chance at the Premier League. Um, I love listening to him. Actually, it's mm. you know he, he's he's that hard tack. Tack master, he, he wants to drive him. But some of his interviews have been fantastic. The way he was talking about the mindset, of the players, how he's how he's um, come into that club, and again changed the the culture at West Bromwich Albion. So I think they will they'll have a good 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 crack. Um, they're a strong physical team. Again, the signings haven't been fantastic, but Denanga is coming from West Ham. There's hell on about it. He is a prodigy down there. They've signed him. I think that's a cracking sign. Created Denanga. Um, everybody was talking about him and the West Ham captain Noble is mm. well upset with this player so that was a huge get for them when you mm. think of players leaving to promote a team mm. like that huge so I, I think West Brom have got a, got a chance All right. but I've still got them getting relegated yeah <laughs> with yes, yes. Um, with Fulham and Brighton Brighton yeah but I think they'll have a good start I think they're going to surprise a few but I just feel by the end they, they could they could be in, in trouble and what Brighton uh, what's, the, what's, what's, the, what's going to make them worse than the last season I just don't see anything. I mean, Jules Breach, obviously the Brighton fan that works for us. I just don't see anything. Aaron Lalana's coming. I'm, I'm hope he does have a good season. But I just thought last season towards the end they were gone. Aaron Moy's gone mm. for big money. I just don't see anything there. I don't see anything there that gets me excited, Dave. That that's going to change my thoughts on why they shouldn't have been relegated last year. Okay, John. Yeah, look, I agree with Bridgie. I think that um, with West Brom, uh, yeah, Slavin Bilic has got a lot of experience. Good coach, very good manager. Um, but I, I don't know if their squad is strong enough. But then we, we said that about Sheffield United and look at the season they had. Uh, Fulham, they're going to re rely heavily on Mitrovic, actually scoring him goals. He scored 26 goals last season. I still think, you know, there, there's when we talk about who's going to compete for the European leagues and there's about eight nine sides that could compete um, I think there's about seven to eight sides that are going to be fighting relegation your West Broms your Fulham's West Ham's Newcastle Brighton and don't forget Aston Villa. Aston Villa only saved themselves right at the end. So I, I think that uh, hard to pick a three I think they'll all be there at the end of the season fighting to stay up. And Palace. Yeah Roy Hodgson is a pretty common choice for a manager under pressure actually that you mentioned Bridgie um, needs to find some goals has made an exciting signing um, that gives Wilfred Zaha a bit of support um, up top but yeah they, they were not in a great way in 2020 Eberchi Ezi from uh, from QPR highly rated coming up from the championship um, now we, we spoke about a group of eight a group of eight um, does Leicester and Sheffield United from last season Bridgie do they fit into neither of those groups are they are they dropping out of their one season, uh, one season bubbles. Well, they're out. They're out of my bubble, Dave. Definitely. Um, Sheffield United, I think, have got caught out a little bit. I don't think COVID helped them. No, I don't think didn't. not having the fans there, they just looked like they went into absolute free fall. So again, some teams thrillished, uh, thrillished on it. Relished? Is that a word? <laughs> relished. Relished and relished. Flourished. Relished and thrived. That's a new <laughs> word for the dictionary. Love it. Um, and and some haven't. And they were one of the teams I hadn't. So I, I can see them falling out. And Leicester City, they won a horrendous mm. run as well. Um, Vardy found a bit of form again um, but I, I just think if, if out of them too no Wolves will be out of there Sheffield maybe, maybe Leicester maybe I'm doing them a little bit of unjust, unjust I think they might be in that 8th spot if Leeds don't get it Brendan Rodgers has got, he's got a bit to, to um, a bit of momentum to recapture though doesn't he John 
Yeah, he does. Uh, look, they, they actually were quite poor um, coming back from COVID. But the thing is, they did have a lot of injuries. So if they get those players fit and rearing to go again, um, you know, Brendan Rodgers is a good manager. Uh, we've seen that before, not only with Liverpool, what he did at Celtic and last season with Leicester. I think it will be a bridge too far for him this season in terms of going for that top four spot or even a European spot. Um, but uh, yeah, they, I think they would, you know, they'll still be strong, but not really challenging this season. Yeah, and they've got Europa League football to contend with as well. So we go to the opening round, Bridgie. We've got Fulham versus Arsenal. Kicks it all off at 9.30pm Eastern on Saturday night. Following, uh, we'll see you guys on Optus Sport as well in the pregame, which is very exciting, alongside Rich Bayless as well, which will be great to see your thoughts leading into the first game. Crystal Palace, Southampton. We haven't mentioned Southampton um, under Ralph House and Hoodle, actually. So we've said Palace are in danger. Southampton sort of in that um, middle cluster that... We'll be hoping for more, but we'll probably find mid-table melee yep. in there. They're going to be in the round. I do like Hassan Hootel as a as a coach, and I'm delighted they stuck with them because um, I've heard really good things coming out of the academy. Mm. That Hassan, they've always had a great academy, Southampton, but Hassan Hootel is is bought into that. He's given them knowledge as well on how they can change it from what he's learned in the German thing. But he's also got the lads um, that are working all the way through the club at yeah. junior development coming in and giving them um, match day travels yeah. to come in and help out so yeah. I think that club is in a really good spot as a whole yeah. but going for Premier League yeah. titles and getting into Europe yeah, there's still yeah. a, lot of, a lot to be learned yeah you know they'll, they uh, will be I think a danger game for a lot of teams but we'll probably need to make sure they've got another source to Danny Ings to their goals as well Liverpool 2.30am Sunday morning against Leeds United set the alarm watch the match on demand watch the mini match do what you have to do it's going to be must watch there West Ham United against Newcastle United um, Sunday morning at 5am that night West Bromwich Albion at, against Leicester City at 11pm Eason gets your Sunday night underway before Tottenham host Everton at 1.30am that's a clash between two teams with genuine European ambition this season. Tuesday morning, we have Sheffield United against Wolves. That's your classic sort of 7th to sort of 10th battle from last season. That's a really good lead stick early on for them. And Brighton, 5.15 Tuesday against Chelsea. Uh, very early glimpse of Frank Lampard's uh, side. Oh. Bridget, you passed me your tip. So you reckon... Werner, perfect game for him to kick off with. Perfect game for him to kick off with, Dave. I just had to share that with you because you've just mentioned all them teams. I'm saying there's only going to be two home wins this weekend. Oh, I just zeroed in on Werner. That's all I just. Oh saw no, 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 mate. I've got a double tip here for you. Yeah. Double tip for all you listeners. Two home wins this weekend will be Liverpool and Spurs. And I've just realised that I did tip Leeds to get a point out of that game. So I've just absolutely crucified them on day one against Bielsa. So there you go, another one of my classics. But I'm saying, yeah, two home wins. And Werner will get a hat-trick for Chelsea. There you go, because I think that could be a drubbing for Brighton. What jumps out for you, John? A, a, a very, very interesting opening round where I should add as well, Manchester City against Aston Villa and Burnley against United. has been pushed back a little bit because of their late ends to the last season. Definitely what jumps out is Liverpool leads, that, that for sure. Just to see how Liverpool um, have been, you know, since uh, they won the, the, the Premier League for the first time. But uh, I expect them to start off really strong. Leeds because of Bielsa and the, and the signings they've made. Um, but also Spurs-Everton because, you know, Mourinho v Ancelotti. Ancelotti made some good signings. Spurs, you know, new lease of life after everyone being excited about Mourinho on uh, Amazon and, and getting the inside information 
information on his man management um, and they still got great players so they're the two games that really stand out for me I'm changing my tip there will only be one home win this season <laughs> this, this first weekend and that will be Spurs <laughs> Liverpool Liverpool Leeds will be a score draw that's a good prediction that's a good predi- a good tasty prediction to get stuck into for the opening round I cannot wait this has got me right in the mood for the opening weekend of the Premier League. Before we jump off, we're not going to do a... There's, La Liga does start this weekend, but we're not going to go into that into huge amount of detail because the big guns are back in a little bit. Uh, they've also got as a late start to the season. But, John, I just want to ask you, you've been watching as interested as anyone the shenanigans, the circus at Barcelona over the last few weeks. Can you just give us your summary or your, your synopsis of where this great club is at? And and uh, what Ronald Koeman has to do by next weekend when they resume. Yeah, look, uh, we've spoken about this uh, for not only a number of weeks, for I think the last year or so, um, how they're a little bit all over the place and it's mainly to do with the board. What's their project? What are they trying to achieve with that football club? We know their academy, they always produce good players. That, that, that's uh, without a doubt. Now, Ansu Fati, uh, 17-year-old superstar that scored with Spain, youngest ever player. He's another prodigy that's come through the Barcelona Academy. But the big thing is, is what are the board doing? I think that uh, they're going to get rid of the uh, the president, the chairman, um, who has elections in April. I think that uh, then if they get a new uh, leader in that club, a new board, they could actually come out of it looking quite good. Koeman has a bit to deal with before then because the whole messy saga, who can believe what just mm. happened there? You know, such a legend of the football club handed in uh, a transfer request that he wanted out and then it has to do a U-turn because he can't get out. How's it Koeman going to deal with that? Um, but if you do get Messi right, you know you're going to win football games. So it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound from this saga. I, I just can't believe it. Every day there's some different news coming through. Um, but uh, let's see how... They, they need to win. They need to win something and uh, it's going to be an interesting start of the season for them. John, I want to ask you, um, off the back of that messy saga, um, if you've got anybody that you know that is obviously in the Barcelona um, media or, or press, or you've got friends there, what is going to, what will, will be the reaction to Messi after he hands in that uh, transfer request? How are they going to take to him after this? Is he still going to be loved? I've spoken to a few people over there, Bridgie, it, um, yeah, and uh, I've got a, a friend that was the assistant coach for a number of years there, and he knows Messi very well, obviously he will still be loved. The fans understand what he was dealing with. The fans understand why he wanted out and it's mainly to do with the board. He loves that football club. He loves the city. Um, so the, the only reason was because he wants to keep on winning and he, he didn't like the project that they were putting forward. If they had a project, I don't even think they had one. So the, the thing about Messi is he's a winner. He wants to win. So he, he will stay there for this season, maybe beyond and try and actually make sure that the team is up to a level to win competitions. And, and the one that they want to win is the Champions League. Whether they're capable of doing that or not, I don't know. But he'll still be loved by the supporters, no doubt, um, because he'll produce week in, week out for them. As I said, we'll touch on that a little bit more next week and going forward and Barcelona get back into action. But it is soap opera, Hollywood movie, you name it, it is all of that. It is absolutely popcorn out stuff and just watching it and you just can't believe what's actually playing out in front of you. But our main fair this weekend is the Premier League. We cannot wait for it to begin. We will be with you for the next 38 weeks. 
I mean, last season it was about 54 weeks. We'll see what this week throws up, Bridgie. This year throws up, but I'm, I'm really excited. Thank you both for joining us today and, and for the listeners for, for tuning in. John, you, you be well. Great to talk to you as ever. No, loved it, and I can't wait for the season to start. And Bridgie, good to see you again. Great to see you, Dave. It's been a long time. Not many people would say that they would enjoy seeing me or you, but I really enjoy your company. It's emotional. It's, it's an been, emotional reunion. It's been great. I've seen me. I've been speaking to John a hell of a lot during COVID. We've been doing our live feeds back and forth from the house. We've had fun on the, the quizzes, but finally we're back in the studio. The Premier League returns this weekend, and I am just so damn excited. And long may the gig and pod continue this season, mate. Good on you. Thank you very much. Here, 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 here. And meaning this more than ever this week to everyone until the next podcast. Enjoy your football.